Now, we've talked about teacher crises before, but arguably never before has the country faced such an alarming shortage in teachers, particularly specialist teachers, not just for maths and science, but also in English and history, subjects with once an abundant supply, and no longer are shortages confined to regional and rural areas. Accordingly, there's a real push to bring back to the profession qualified teachers who've left it. And many schools across the Catholic and independent sectors are seeking older retired teachers to plug holes that are emerging, especially post-COVID. This teacher shortage is not just an Australian problem. The UN says globally there's a worldwide shortage of 69 million teachers, they predict, in the not-too-distant future. Well, our state and federal ministers are sitting down together this coming week to try to agree on some solutions to address the problem. I'm now pleased to welcome Mark Grant. He's the Chief Executive of the Australian Institute for Teaching and School Leadership to flesh out some of the solutions that might be agreed upon. Welcome to Saturday Extra. Thanks very much, Geraldine. Good to be with you. Look, overview first. Is the system at breaking point in some states? It sounds like that anyway. Is that how you see it or not? Look, I certainly agree with your introduction. It's um, There's never been as many um, factors combined to create stresses in the system. Um, increased student enrolments, uh, a slightly ageing workforce, uh, an effect of COVID and, uh, and a, a very tight labour market across Australia that's giving teachers and others uh, in the workforce alternative choices to consider. So we've got to the point we haven't been before or is this a cyclical thing? Look, I've, I've not seen any data that shows it's, uh, it's been like this before and people who've got uh, even longer education history than me, um, they do go back to the mid-70s when we brought in a lot of teachers from overseas but we didn't have the student populations uh, then that we do now and equally now we have, a, I guess, a greater expectation of our education system in terms of the specialisations taught, particularly in secondary schools. Mm. Uh, there was a recent New South Wales parliamentary report which was really pretty stark uh, with describing acute staff shortages, many cases of classes being merged to be taught mm. by one mm. teacher, for instance, maths classes being taught by PE teachers, uh, senior high school classes without teachers, mm. and there was one story of an 83-year-old teacher being brought out of retirement to fill a gap. Mm. Now, it, again, is that across the nation or is this in the, the bigger states? Oh, look, it is, it is quite a common scenario that you've painted there. Um, the the, the com combining of classes, actually, I would say, is not so much about um, combined classes being taught, but just combined classes being supervised. So the stories I hear from um, people in the field is three or more classes in a location like a, a hall or a library or if the weather allows uh, out in the playground, and they're just being supervised by the one teacher. So it's not so much they're being taught, it's they're being supervised. Now, that same parliamentary report found that 60% of teachers were considering leaving the profession and they cited workload, the diminished status of teaching and salary, this is because I want to get to this, is the major factor contributing to shortages. We've been talking about this for so long. Mm -hmm. Why is the progress so hard? Look, I, I certainly think the data is telling us, so even our own data on our own national reports that we collect um, 
uh, the largest study of all teachers in Australia, there are multiple set of factors that are combining to make teaching an unattractive profession and for those who are in it, uh, for them to question the continuation in that profession. Salary, as you say, has always been a problem um, and I think governments have an issue between what they'd like to pay and capacity to pay. But there's no doubt we need to look at salary differently and our, our most expert teachers nationally, known as highly accomplished or lead teachers, certainly the premium that they deserve for that expertise is usually uh, not given or if it is given, it's uh, something like up to 10%, whereas in international countries, it's uh, many international countries, Singapore, England, etc., it's 40% or more. We really do need to look at pay in a, a serious way. But the other factors that the, the, people tell us about red tape, excessive administration um, requirements, um, a plethora of requirements uh, that go to, um, I guess, sucking the passion out of teaching and learning that's been there for so long. I wonder if it's getting caught. I mean, a lot of people talk about this in a lot of professions, if you know what I mean, uh, that it actually, that the front uh, the front of house work, which is often what's drawn them in and they love, is just put under constant pressure by mm-hmm. the need for accountability. All those things that we know we like, but I wonder whether teaching in a sense is even more, like it's such a human to human activity, isn't it? Or at least it has been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And I think over the recent, you know, decade or two, you've also seen increased um, accountabilities that have impacted teachers and others um, who deal with students um, in a sort of customer relationship, if you like, through things like working with children checks and child protection requirements, Mm. all very important, no doubt about it, absolutely. But it does uh, sometimes bring um, a greater degree of um, accusation, uh, often proven subsequently to be unfounded. And some of those things bite really hard. And there is some data to indicate that for the perceptions of some male teachers, and remember it is still a very heavily feminised workforce, that is a reason some people uh, don't come in and some people uh, leave. The Federal Education Minister, Jason Clare, has called this meeting this week with his state counterparts. I don't think there's been anything quite like that before. What will be the key talking points? Look, I, I haven't um, I haven't seen uh, anything that relates to the specifics of it, but I do know just from talking to states and territories who, as you say, have been invited to the round table uh, at the end of the week, that they've been uh, they've been asked to bring some of their demand data. In other words, what do their vacancies look like uh, in certain geographical locations, in subject areas, that sort of thing? And it's the missing piece of the puzzle, Geraldine, um, the supply data from universities. We know the forty-seven institutions that provide initial teacher education graduates uh, into into education. But what we really don't have in any national context is the overview of the demand data and what's needed in what subject so that universities have the lead time to advertise and produce those graduates. We really don't have a national digest of that, don't we? No, look, um, to be fair... I find that um, extraordinary, actually. I've I got, got to say the same thing. For a workforce of 346,000, you would think so. Oh. In 2019, ministers did actually um, commission ATEL to develop a national teacher workforce strategy, which we delivered um, to them um, and COVID, I think, really just um, yes, I was a distraction, for want of a better way of putting yeah. it. And I really hope that one of the outcomes from next Friday is a commitment to actually putting together a proper professional workforce strategy. On the text line, you can imagine we're getting texts now. It, one uh, l- listener says, it's all about salary. 
The rest is just a distraction. I'm 53 and I and many of my peers would love to jump out of our careers to spend the rest of our working lives in teaching, but it doesn't pay anywhere near enough to keep our families fed. Yeah. Now, is that going to be an issue for us to have to, we have to face? Look, I've certainly seen Minister Clare make comments about teachers deserving to be paid more, so I think it'll come up next week. The industries that we probably um, see some of our teachers um, um, competed for as an employee are the industries that pay uh, higher salaries than what uh, you would get as a traditional teacher. The, The difference would be those with expertise who can get that national certification, if we did recognise the premium of that expertise in a financial sense, those salaries would go up by potentially 40, 50 plus thousand dollars if you follow the international lead, and then those salaries do become more competitive. But at the moment, it'd be a pay cut for many in, uh, in certain industries to retrain to come into teaching. Which is what they say they're exactly going to have to try to do. Look, your submissions to a Productivity Commission uh, looking at the uh, issues made some key recommendations. Could you talk us through, please, your ideas uh, for people mid-career who may want to make a career change to become a teacher? Yeah, look, certainly, um, and some of these are not new ideas, but but we really need to consider them at scale now, such as the need for um, the current and future uh, workforce. But, for instance, a, a six- to 12-month paid internship for career changes, the point you were just making, um, who can actually earn some dollars um, while they upgrade their credentials. So at the moment, um, for those who do want to retrain, it can be up to a two-year process with no income. So the notion of the paid internship, and to be fair, I could give Queensland as, as an example. They uh, they pay uh, a $20,000 um, uh, amount on effectively on enrolment. Uh, then they have the uh, internship where it's a 50% teaching load with a $50,000 salary. Now, those kinds of innovations are going to make it possible for some people to look to retrain into teaching. But that notion of the internship, school-based model, system support, offer of a job at the end and paid during the course are the elements that we're hearing are required. And look, finally, is any country getting this right? Look, that's an excellent question. Um, I know, um, for instance, uh, I saw the the Washington Post is carrying the shortages of their staffing. Uh, Schools go back um, on Monday um, uh, for their next Mm. uh, semester. 8,000 teachers short in Florida, for example. Um, Good good one. You you had the UNESCO figures of 69 million. It is a worldwide uh, problem in that teaching generally, in some countries it's highly valued, and the status of the profession is extreme, but is it, that isn't the norm. And the salaries, generally speaking, have been left behind by movements in industry. Mm. Very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Have a good day. Mark Grant is the Chief Executive of the Australian Institute for Teaching and School Leadership. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.